chapter 3, 16, and 17. This is probably a verse uh, that if you've been in church any length of time, you're going to have heard over and over again. Uh, I'm going to let Brother Danny, if he will, read 16, 17. And go ahead and read 18, Brother Danny, yes, if sir. you will. This is, this is Apostle Paul. He's writing to young Timothy, who is at Ephesus. And if you know, uh, in first, uh, I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul talks about Timothy and himself being in trouble and how they almost dis they despaired of life. They almost died. Uh, but God delivered them together. So Timothy had traveled with Paul, and he was tried and tested. But uh, he left him behind at Ephesus to pastor the church there at Ephesus, and uh, he had some. He set the Bible up. I mean, he set the church up. Gave him church ordered. But here he's telling Timothy in Second uh, Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen. He's going to tell him uh, about the Word of God. And Brother Danny, if you will, will you read this? Second uh, Timothy three sixteen says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, <coughs> for instruction." And righteousness that the man of God may be per perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Um, so Timothy, Paul, when he left Timothy behind, he left him the, not only the things that he had heard from Paul, but also he left him the written word of God. And, and you know, several years ago, I was approached by a guy in Lowe's. A friend of mine had married this guy, and I was talking to her, and... And he was a preacher, and she was an old friend of mine, so we were very pretty close at times. And I was talking to her, won't reveal her name, but I was talking to her, and we was having a good conversation about the Lord and being in ministry, because her husband used to preach at Camp Shelby at the, the, uh, the boys thing out there. And all of a sudden, he comes to the back of the store, and he says, you get away from him, because he uses the name Jesus and doesn't use the name Yeshua. And I thought, that's a rather strange thing to say to me. Why be so peculiar? Why be so particular? Why say this to me? Because it really doesn't matter. At that time, I thought, it doesn't matter to me if I call him Yeshua, which is really, uh, which is really the word for Joshua in the Old Testament. It's the word that we use for Joshua. Yeshua is the Hebrew form of the word Joshua, the English that we use in the Old Testament. So I thought, well, it's not a big deal. It really isn't a big deal. And I didn't understand what was going on at the time. But from that time on, I began to see that there was a movement. There was a movement to drag people back out of church. The Messianic Jewish ideology was dragging Protestant people, Bible-believing, fundamentalist Christians, dragging them back to the statues, dragging them back to the Old Testament, dragging them, putting them back under the law, back on the Sabbath day, back on the new moons. That's why you've heard so much. If you watch any TV, which I don't, you've seen all this, uh, the reemergence of the feast, the feast of the trumpets, the new moon, so forth. Well, all this comes because of this one word, Yeshua. It's because people are choosing to use the Old Testament name for Joshua, which is Yeshua, which is also biblically the name for Jesus Christ. It's the name for Jesus. But, but what I would tell that person, if I could go back today, and I can't, because he wouldn't listen to me, will not even uh, open, uh, receive a phone call from me. He's totally cut himself off, his family off, all his friends off, and he and his wife are totally isolated. And even her mother doesn't see the kids, grandkids anymore, nothing. Totally cut them off from the family totally. 
But if I can go back and talk to him, I know what I would tell him today. And that's what I want to tell y'all is that it really does matter if you use Jesus, Yeshua, or Joshua. And what I would tell him is this. I would ask him, does he believe or do you believe in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16? Yeah. Do you believe that all scripture, not some scripture, Amen. do you believe that all scripture is God's idea? That you believe all scripture was inspired as God breathed, that no man ever knew anything, no man ever wrote down any portion of the Bible and said, I'm going to make this God's word. Either God spoke through all these men in all these books, or what part are you going to choose to believe? So I would go back and say, you got to understand why this question is asked and, and why we would use the name Jesus. Anybody want to know why we didn't use the name Jesus? Comment. It's because it's what the Holy Spirit used. Amen. See, the Holy Ghost of God could have used Yeshua. The Holy Ghost of God could have used Joshua if he wanted to. The Holy Ghost is what wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit is what God is who wrote the Scripture, is who gave the men the words to say. So God intentionally used the word Jesus. God intentionally used the word Jesus. He said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now Jesus is, it is a form of Joshua. Jesus is actually Yeshua the same name in the Old Testament, but the Bible, the Holy Spirit did not use Hebrew words to describe Jesus in the New Testament. Matter of fact, he used a common language called Koine Greek. He used the Greek language. Now, the Holy Spirit could have still used Hebrew if he had chosen to, but God had made a God had made a line of demarcation on purpose. God did this. Man didn't do this. Peter, James, and John. Apostle Paul didn't just say, hey guys, let's get together and let's write this in Koine Greek. And for years, I didn't understand. I, I learned languages, but I didn't understand, and neither did it even bother me, that the New Testament was written in Greek until I started dealing with people that wanted to call Jesus Yeshua. How many of you have met people that wanted to call Jesus Yeshua? Have you ever met anybody that said his name is Yeshua? Absolutely. You, if you, if you, I'm, I'm a preacher. If you go out in the public, but his name is not Yeshua. His name is Jesus. The Holy Ghost called him Jesus for a reason. And there's a reason that God used the Koine Greek, the common Greek, in order to get his message across. It is the language of the Gentiles. Jesus, right? Jesus. But we call it, but translated into English, it would be Jesus. I mean, that's, that's where we get Jesus. See, the word Jesus, Joshua, Yeshua, Translated from the uh, Hebrew to the English is Joshua. But the word Yeshua translated to Jesus, in a, I mean, but the word for Jesus, Jesus in the Greek is Jesus in our language. There's no ifs, there's no buts. It is Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, why make a big deal out of this? Why in the world will the Holy Spirit makes a big deal out of this? And you'll see that there is something, there's something in this they want to drag you back into the book. Of, I don't know if you've read the book of Galatians, but there's a people, there are some Judaizers that come along behind the preachers. Yep. And they'll tell you that you're worshiping on the wrong day. day. They'll tell you that you ought to be keeping the Sabbath. They'll tell you that you are under the Old Testament law, that the law hasn't been fulfilled, that you have got to keep every commandment in the Bible or you're not God's child. You know, the Bible, Paul says, that, I mean, Jesus and Paul both said, if you if you kept every commandment and broke one of them, you broke why many? All, all, all of them. That's right. So it shows us that we're all sinners. So it's God's idea that has done this. 
And you got to put in your heart, if you're going to be a part of a church, a New Testament church, that the Bible is God's idea. That the Bible was God's plan. That the Bible was God. And so the Holy Spirit, if he wanted, if he had wanted to continue with Hebrew, he would have continued to write the Word of God in Hebrew. But the Holy Ghost deliberately drew a line of demarcation and decided that he would write it in Koine Greek in the common vulgar language of that day. That's right. And so this would be very offensive to the Jewish people. Matter of fact, it's still very offensive to the Jewish people. And I want to start this by telling you this because I wanted to talk about our Bible. I want to talk about how we got our Bible and whose idea it was. Because you know, you, you're going to people and say, this is the word of God. This is God's word. And we really believe this is God's word. But you know, you can also know this is God's word. It was God's idea and all of it is his. And there's 66 books in what we call the Bible. The word for Bible just means books. That is not a holy word. It means books of the book. And so it's a book, God's word, 66 books. There's 39 uh, books in the Old Testament or the first part. I call it part one and part two. Matter of fact, I'd love to just keep them all together, not split them at all. But that was God's idea. He called it the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. New covenant. So this is not, if it been my idea, I, I would just keep them all together. I probably would do like those Jews do. You know, they don't have a 22 books, yeah. but they're the same as ours. They don't divide them up. They don't divide First and Second Chronicles. It's just Chronicles. They don't decide first, divide First and Second Kings. It's just it's just king. So they, they put a lot of books together and simplified it. 22 books, all the same. Every jot, every tittle the same. We have the exact same 39 as what they have. But then we say they have 22. But they just put them together. But you have the first half of the Bible is the first 39 books. And I'm going to say this emphatically. The final, the final 27 is what we call the New Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And if you ever study Hebrew, me and Danny joke about this a lot, but Hebrew is a fantastic, for a, for a linguist, for someone who studies language, Hebrew is amazing. It's this beautiful language. It's a majestic language. It's kind of a lofty language. And it, most of it, the Bible, except for a few chapters in Daniel and a few chapters in Ezra, it is written entirely in Hebrew, and the other little bit is Aramaic, when they went back in Babylon. But the New Testament was written in common Greek, in the common vernacular of their day. The Greek was translated into the Latin Vulgate, which is Latin, the most one of the most precise languages you'll ever get. And from the Latin Vulgate, we got our, 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 our English version of the Bible. If you was to add all the years of, of, the, of the Bible, if you was to go back to your Bible, Start in the book of Psalms, or start at the last in Malachi, and flip and go left and start adding years together, you're going to come up with about 3,733 or 34 years. I just rounded off to 3,800 years B.C. And that sounds kind of strange. You say, Brother Dale, is the earth? It wasn't just 3,800 years when the earth was made before the New Testament? I believe so. You know, for years I would never have said that there were 3,800 years, give or take a few years, before the New Testament. But if you go back and you add them together, and you can do this, yep. add them together, it'll be 3,800 years and when God first created the heavens and the earth. You know, what is really strange, the Bible has only been around for about 1,330 to 50 years at all. God 
for the first 2,400 years, there was no written word of God. Yeah. Now, when you read your Bible, when you read Genesis, and you read Deuteronomy, you read Exodus and Numbers, you're assuming that the Bible is being written as it's being spoken, but it wasn't. It was in 1350 B.C., really like 1330-something, but I don't want to get just too technical, that the Bible begins. Anybody know how the Bible, you know how God's Word began? It began with Both the finger of God. It began by the finger of God. That God wrote the first word with his finger in tablets. It's the first time God's Word had ever been written down in any place in the world. And so what God chose to reveal himself was to the Hebrew people after they got out of the, out of a out of Egypt, this is how he chose to reveal himself, and it was with the finger of God. If you'll turn to Exodus chapter 24, you'll see what God told Moses to do. Now you know Moses, he had, he had delivered his people out of Egypt. He was the man God used, and he's the man God's going to speak of. And if you know which tribe, there were 12 tribes in Israel, and Moses was of the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi was where the priest and the word of God was to, to, was to handle the word of God, was to handle all the sacrifices, all the ceremonies. There was one tribe set apart, and they were the only one that was supposed to handle the word of God. Moses and Aaron represented the tribe of Levi. Somebody read chapter, Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. How do you think change Bible? And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to, come up to me into the mount. And be there, and I will give thee tablets of stone and a law, and the com commandments which I have written, thou mayest teach them. Okay, this is the first place at 1350 years BC, around that, give or take a few years, when the Bible begins, God writes the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone. And He commands Moses, see, God took the initiative. This isn't Moses. Deciding he needs to write something down. This is the most go, man, this will be some really good principles and some nice things to teach our children. Why don't we write all these things down? No, God made it plain. He did it in such a way they would know Moses did not write the Bible. That's right. Amen. Moses did not have a finger that could make uh, commandments out of stone. Amen. God took his finger and, and carved out the Ten Commandments out of stone. So may read chapter 31, verse 18. Again, he's going, to, he's going to talk in kind of a different way. He's going to say something else about this, what he's doing with Moses upon the mountain. Thirty-one, eighteen. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon the mount of Sinai. 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 Two tablets of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. So here we can say that somewhere around 1350 B.C. after God had spoken, God spoke to Adam. Remember, God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Adam called Abraham out of earth, land of Chaldeans. But God never told Adam to write anything down. God never told Abraham to write anything down. That's right. God waited until he, the Hebrew people that would come out of Abraham, that would work through Moses, he chose... To, to give him the tablets of stone. And these were the words. This is the first time. Could you imagine living for 2,400 years and not having any Bible to, to know how to live by? This is where they were. But God is a revealing God. God loves to reveal himself. And God is revealing himself through, ultimately through his son Jesus eventually. 
God's word is to be recorded. God's word is now commissioned by Moses. If you turn back to Exodus chapter 17, unless someone's got it, anybody got it? Exodus 17, 14. I'll read it. I got it. Read it. It says, um, And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for our ugly put put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Okay, so God tells Moses, now now God is commissioning a work. Yep. This is the first time yep. God is now now God had wrote God had wrote the tablets of stone. He had wrote the, the beginning of the covenant of God between him and the Israelite people. But now God is going, look, and I'm, I'm telling you this to say God has a, even in this, God, you'll, as we go along, you're going to see that Jesus, God had a plan for the Koine Greek. God had a plan for the, the Jesus uh, to be revealed to the Gentiles. Even in this, you'll see that God really had a plan. Look, read in Exodus 34, 27, 28. It gives you a, a little better understanding of what happened on Sinai. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of the words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did not eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant and the Ten Commandments. Okay, so now you got a little something else revealed that you didn't see in the beginning. Yeah. God tells Moses now to write the words that I give you, and after the tenor, after the sound of these words, God had a particular sound he wanted to reveal him with to the Hebrew people. There was something about the Hebrew language. God wanted to reveal himself to his people in a way they would understand. If they were Hebrews, he wanted to speak what? Hebrew. Hebrew. It would not even no good to speak Egyptian. Yeah. It would not even no good to speak Amalekite or Moabite. No, his will, he wanted to speak to his people. So he, he wanted to use their language. Yeah. Could you imagine, any of you ever played this game where, you know, where you, what did you draw like characters and try to guess what's it called? Pictionary. 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 Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, you sit there and you try to, you try to act something out, like mime it with your hands. Are you trying to try to draw it or something where people can figure it out? You know, let's say I'm trying to tell you I'm a television and I got to have a box. We won't go into detail. Really stupid stuff. But could you imagine God being God trying to reveal himself to us? He had to use words that we would understand. So he chose language, words. See, language, I don't know if you've ever stopped and thought about language. It's nothing but a bunch of sounds. Bob. I mean, what in the world is a bob? What is a dale? What is a road? Well, we know it because we drive a road and we've heard those sounds so much in our, in our lives that they're just second nature to us. We think, well, it's our language, it's how we speak, but it's just a bunch of noise. It's a bunch of garbled noise put together, but we know it because we call that a cup. We call that a glass. No, not a glass, that is another cup, but it should be a glass. This is a cup. This is a stand. I'm standing, but this is a stand. Language is nothing but guttural sounds, but because we know what we we named them with, then we get a what? An understanding. Amen. See, God in his mind has a thought. God has an idea. He has a will. He has a purpose. He has a promise to his people. And what he wants to do is speak in a way. People say, why would God speak to us? Because he wants to reveal himself to you. And this was his plan 
from the very beginning, even way back before the books began to be written, God was speaking to man in a way he could understand. And, that, and, that, and as it began to distill down through the years, as things began to tighten up, God himself wrote the first words that he wanted man to hear. Then after he wrote those first words, he entrusted his servant Moses because he was of the tribe of Levi. And so being of the tribe of Levi, Moses had would be the authority. If you're looking to write a word down in your notes, think of the word authority. Moses would have authority, not because who Moses was, because of the tribe that Moses was to represent. Moses was to represent the tribe of Levi. And so God said, I'll write these words, these words, and the tenor of these words, the covenant that I'm going to make with you. See, God initiated the covenant. It was God who initiated the agreement. It was God who came forward. It wasn't man. It was always God. Even with Abraham, Abraham wasn't seeking God. God sought Abraham. Amen. See, and, and as, we, as we stumble and mumble through this world, we're going to get all caught up in evangelism. Look, we should be so we should be so obsessed with evangelism that it would just totally override everything we think about. Amen. But at the same time, you can never forget that salvation is of the, the Lord. Lord. I mean, never forget this is not by works of righteousness. That no, there's nothing we can do other than preach and teach the gospel. We can't twist their arms. We can't repeat after means. We can't, we can't bubblegum people in heaven. We can't, we can't give them an incentive. We have to preach the gospel. And if we do, it preach it because it is God that makes the covenant. It is God that makes the agreement with man. This is what God was doing is revealing himself. Yeah. And Moses is going to be the authority. And so when you, get to the New, when you get to the New Testament and you start dealing with Pharisees and you start dealing with Sadducees and you start dealing with the Sanhedrin, their authority is going to be who? Moses. Moses. Yeah. They're going to appeal to Moses because Moses is going to be the man that God uses to reveal himself in the Old Testament. It's in the Old Covenant. I call it the Old Covenant. But really, the covenants are one and the same. If you understand the Old Covenant, you understand the Old Covenant did exactly what it was supposed to do. Right. The Old Covenant is going to tell you of someone that's going to come. The old covenant is going to tell man that he does not live up to God's standards. That's right. the, old, the old covenant is going to tell him the word of God is going to reveal his will for creation. That God had a will for his people to serve. And one of the things God's going to do through Moses and the words that Moses wrote down, those words did not belong to Moses. That's right. Those words belong to God. They, all scripture is of the inspiration of God. That word means God breathed. How many times, uh, how many of y'all re have read commentaries? Raise your hand. How many of you have read commentaries? You ever read a commentary of what it says in the Bible? Right. If you'll read uh, several commentaries, you'll hear this, and I want you here to hear this, because you probably never heard this, but I'm going to tell you all to hear it. You'll be reading this commentary, and you'll be in the book of Luke. And this commentary will go, when it gets to the Lord's Supper, or when it gets to uh, maybe prayer, or maybe a, a certain blind man or something, he'll say, now when we get here, Mark borrowed from Luke. No, sir. And Luke borrowed from John. No, sir. And John was looking at so-and-so and, and Paul, and if you, don't, if you don't watch out, what they're making you think is these men were getting together, looking at each other's notes, and deciding what to put down in the Bible. That's not what happened. Uh -huh. No man, John, Paul did not confer with John. John did not confer with Peter. 
Peter did not go and check notes with James. The Holy Spirit wrote these words down. Amen. The Holy Ghost was in charge, but way back in God's hand was in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, the finger of God, it was the Spirit of God writing down these words on these tablets of stone. And, and, and they were so important, so important that God would give it because God wanted to reveal his will for creation. When you look at the, the weather, could you get God's will? What would you know about the God's character if you just looked at the weather? What would you, how would you think God was capricious? Would you think he was angry? On a good hot day or a good clear day, you'd think he was wonderful. See, there's people that look at the weather and try to determine what God's will is. They'll look, what about the suffering in the world? If you look at all the babies dying, if you look at the wars and the rumors of war and the attrition of war, if you don't watch out, you, if you don't know God's will, if you don't understand what happened in, at, the, at the fall, then you'll place the blame on God for the pain and suffering in this world. But if you listen to what God gave in the Old Testament, it how he revealed that man was created perfect. But you know what happened? Adam failed. Yeah. And when Adam sinned, he failed. When Adam sinned and failed, he plunged all of us yeah. into sin. Yeah. As through one man, death entered into the world, and in the world, death, and sin, sin into the world, death by sin. And the way you know that all men have sinned is all men die. Well, the word of God is, is revealed what God's will is for creation. You know what God's will is for creation? That it will serve Him. That's it. 